You're listening to The Truth with Studi on the Stream Grace Network. The Truth with Studi. I am Michael Studeman, and if you are live with me, welcome, welcome. This is historic. This is our my first live broadcast from my own podcast, and... Um, I've been spending some time trying to overcome some technical difficulties, so got on here just a tad bit, uh, took a little bit long, and uh, welcome all the callers here. Uh, Still trying to get through some of the technical things here, but hey, uh, you get to uh, be a part of the the trailblazing, right, Uh, with a podcast with The Truth With Studio. Well, tonight... um, I speak on uh, a subject that uh, that's pretty heavy right now in the body of Christ, and and that is marriage. And I have been married. Uh, this July tenth will be thirty-one years. So pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And so since I've been married thirty-one years, of course, I am the know-it-all and expert of marriage, right? Uh, no, <laughs> that's not the case. I wish I could say that. Um, um, I, I feel like marriage is the same with the, the walk with the Lord as a Christian believer, that uh, the closer you get with the Lord, the more the word you get in you, the more you know, the more wisdom that you gain over the years the more that you realize you have so much more to go. And of course, on this planet, uh, we will never truly arrive. You know, God says he's bringing us from glory to glory. He's perfecting us, but there's no way we can be perfected in this corruptible flesh. And the same goes for a marriage. Um, There honestly is no such thing as a a perfect marriage. Um, But what we do is we... We want to have a biblical marriage. We don't. Uh, we don't need to go to the resources like nowadays. Uh, secular culture uh, seems to be the source for what decides and what defines marriage and support. And that is one of the main reasons there is such a high rate of divorce, um, not only in the secular but also in the church as well. The divorce rate in the church is just as high as that in the secular community. And so tonight I just wanted to go over um, some biblical um, things. You know, what does the word say about marriage? Um, and, And how do we apply that to our lives? In this day and age, in 2023, with the culture being as wild as it is, um, where everywhere you turn, uh, it, it's all about selfies. It's all about me. Um, it, it's a selfish, um, generated culture right now. Um, satisfaction of the flesh. Um, and so how do we overcome self so that we can be selfless and have that Christ-centered marriage? Well, you know, most people, when they think of the, the biblical version, um, and, and, and a Christian husband, a Christian wife, they begin to argue and they, they bring, bring in the Bible. Uh, so many times the, the husband will go, well, the Bible says 
wives, submit yourselves then to your husbands. And um, and then the wife's like, well, wait a second. No, it says you have to lay your life down for me as Christ did for the church. And so it, it gets into this, we are trying to tell each other what their role is instead of that self-focus, um, looking back at the mirror instead of me telling my wife, you need to be doing this. I, I need to look at Michael and say, Michael, this, uh, this is where you're lacking. Or if maybe I'm not seeing it, I, I need to go to the Lord and say, God, where do I fall short? Um, so what I want to go to tonight, go to the Word. That's, that's our resource, not secular uh, humanism, not secular culture, but the Word of God, the that is uh, ever present, that will will never die out, will will live long beyond the, the lives of people here and the gurus that try to tell you how to do your marriage. And I want to start in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, and so let's go to, let's go to verse uh, 15, actually. And mind you, when Paul wrote this, the Bible was never written originally with chapters and verses. So a lot of times when you're reading this, you segment this out and things get taken out of context. So what I want to do is let's just pretend there's not even verses and chapters and let's read this in the wholeness of the context. And so he's talking about living by the Spirit's power, starting with verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools who are wise Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the of God's word. He did this to present himself as a glorious church without a spot or blemish, wrinkle, or any other blemish, Instead, she will be holy and without fault, and in the same ways, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. 
So again, I say, each man must love life as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And so within this, we, we do see the core of the two commandments. When Jesus was asked at a certain point, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. And the second is just like it to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, in this way, um, we are to love our spouses as we love ourselves, And and that also means instituting the golden rule to treat others the way we would like to be treated. Now, when it comes to marriage in so many ways, there are times that I may want to treat my wife the way I want to be treated, but the way that's projected doesn't get communicated across. And so maybe she doesn't want to be treated that specific way that I want to be treated. So I've got to understand how to speak her specific language and to make sure there's clear communication with what I'm trying to project in my love for her, my actions for her. Um, my, it's all about tone of voice, uh, the way I say things, uh, keeping things in context. Um, so it, it's a very, um, you have to be very intentional with your communication. Um, I think one of the biggest keys here is going back to verse 17, um, where he says um, here, he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Um, and, and this is all about, you know, walking in the spirit. Again, verse 18 is saying, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the foundation of that successful marriage centered on Christ, we find right here is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, both spouses, we need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit and, and meaning keeping that oil constantly in the lamp, uh, staying prayed up in the Lord, uh, staying in the word, staying in that daily walk where we are fellowshipping and keeping our relationship built up in the Lord, because if we're empty in the, the Holy Spirit's oil with our lamp, then how can we truly be, as for me as a husband, how can I be how Christ is to the church if I am empty? If my gas tank is empty, my lamp is empty of oil, how can I be what God has put into me and purposed me to be for my wife? And so, in that same way, the in the same way, the, the wives in the same way um, for submitting the husbands and and in this day and age, the word submit it's like a dirty word, especially in this day and age with um, misogynist and 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 women's lib and um, just there's there's so many things today that you have to be careful. It's like about submitting. And both men and both women don't like that word. They don't like the word submit. But here's the funny thing. If you think about your daily life, how often in your daily life and everything that you're doing, are you actually submitting? Think about it. You get up, you get in your vehicle, and you're driving to work or you're driving to the store. 
And what do you do? You just don't drive wherever you want. You don't drive on the opposite side of the road. You don't drive on someone's lawn. <laughs> to get from point A to point B, there are laws that we must follow. We have to go a certain speed limit. We have to take certain lanes. We have to wait on lights and traffic and follow signs and yield. And every part of the way, we are having to submit. We're having to submit to the law of the land and to authority and to each rule and law. Uh, when we're going into the store, we just can't take whatever we want and, and, and take it out of the store. We have to purchase that. We can't steal. Again, we are submitting to a law of the land. Uh, when we go to work, there are policies and procedures we must follow and provide. Maybe you've signed a employee hand uh, that says, here's the policies. These are what you'll abide by. Um, you, you can't you know, you can't wear certain clothing or you have to wear your hair a certain way. Um, you can't show tattoos or whatever those specific uh, policies are and uh, rules uh, at the workplace are. You have to submit in those ways, too. And so you can intricately go throughout your day and your week and find all throughout the day you are constantly submitting. And so if you have an issue with submitting, just realize you're doing it without even being conscious of it on a daily basis. So how much more importantly do we need to be practicing and making it second nature to submit one to another in our marriage? And also, when the devil does come around, when he does come to attack, when he does show his ugly face, you know, scripture does say, uh, how do we, how do we get rid of the devil? Okay. Uh, the, the only way to do that, uh, most people will quote James four, seven, and uh, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. But lots of times the beginning of that verse gets missed. Um, because in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the devil, you can't resist the devil and him flee without submitting ourselves to God. And in that same way that goes with the marriage. So submitting ourselves to the Lord, submitting ourselves to one another in marriage uh, in servitude. Uh, it's a servant leadership as a husband. I have to be a servant leader, uh, just like Jesus was a servant leader. Uh, and then if you have your Bibles, go to, uh, you can go ahead and go to 1 Peter. We're going to jump over there and, and see what 1 Peter, uh, let's see, let's go to chapter 3 and what it talks about. And one and start saying, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent life. So maybe you're a wife and you are married to an unsaved man and it's been really tough on you. Um, well, it, right here, it's, you know, it's part of the Great Commission. Um, just be, let the light shine through you and sur surrender.
to your husband and then trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, pray and give your husband over to the Lord and the Lord to change his heart. Uh, don't you try to change him. Surrender and submit to God and then submit to your husband and pray for him and watch God change. I mean, it's it's inevitable he will change because that's what faith is. Faith is now and faith is believing in things that are hoped for, uh, that they will come to fruition. And so that that's what Paul... Uh, you know, it's being talking about here in First Peter 3, and then you go on to verse 3, and it says, Don't be concerned about outward beauty or fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Wow, that flies in the face of everything that's happening in today's culture with um, all of the body modifications, the the makeup, the lip injections, the Botox, uh, the, you know, the, they're getting the breast implants and the, the buttocks implants. And, and, and you have so many body modifications uh, where women are just trying to look beautiful on the outside. And in the meantime, in the inside, they, again, they're not submitting to God. They're not submitting to um, their husbands. And, and God says here, he says, you know, that is an, um, you're, you know, clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, that the Lord is beautifying you. He is perfecting you. Uh, and so that's an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, uh, which is so precious to God, it says here. <laughs> so um, you may be getting a really pretty tattoo. Uh, what do they call it? A tramp stamp on the back, I believe that's called. But uh I'll tell you what, at, at about 87 years old, that's uh, that butterfly looked pretty messed up. Um, I, I, I've uh, unfortunately seen some of those, and uh, <laughs> and it, it, it that is a beauty that does fade away. <laughs> but praise God, it doesn't matter if you live to be 150. When you clothe yourself with the beauty that comes from within that God gives you, that, that's never fading, right? And it says, this is how holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and he called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what's right without fear or what your husbands might do. And so I think there's a key word right there. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. So this goes back to trust. You have to trust your husbands as a wife. You have to trust that God's leading them in the right direction. And, and if you don't feel that you can trust in the direction he's headed, then get on your knees and pray that God would direct your husband in the right directions. And that, that is one of the best support systems you can have is praying for your husband. Praying for your husband as he goes throughout the day at work, praying that God's blessing him, you know, with emotional blessings, mental blessings, financial blessings, um, because this 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 world right now, uh, it's chaos. It's it's like it says in the end times, it would be like the days of Noah, and that's how this is. And so, it's very difficult road for men to navigate now, and um, and it's vital to have that prayer support 
that spiritual support by the wives. Um, and then going into verse seven, it talks and it uh, talks about the husbands again in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. This is real important here. Um, treating our wives with respect and love the way Christ, again, lays down his life and how he treats his bride, us, the church. Uh, we husbands need to be treating our wives in that way with with respect, uh, with love, with honor. Um, we can't be condescending to them. We cannot overtalk them. We cannot be interrupting them. Um, what would you do as a man if you were in the presence of royalty, of, a, of an actual queen? Uh, how would you... How would you act around that queen? How would you act around that royalty or someone of a high position importance? Well, that's someone you don't even know. And so we as husbands need to be lifting up our wives in that way with that high respect. Um, so many, you know, so many marriages, just like mine, been married over three decades that you get this place of familiarity to where uh, there's, there becomes a lack of respect and, and things that you would do that when you were pursuing um, your, your wife as a girlfriend or, you know, in my case, you know, we were best friends in high school and then, uh, and then I pursued her to be my girlfriend. And, you know, during those, those wooing stages, I guess you would call it, um, you know, there's things that I wouldn't do. Uh, that I would feel that would put her off, right? Uh, whether that's, you know, passing gas in front of her, laughing about it or burping or, you know, uh, some of these things that, uh, you know, we as husbands, we do now, we laugh about it, but really it, 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 it is an actual lack of respect. Um, doing, uh, telling our wives things that are really TMI, we should keep to ourselves. Um, so there's just a lot of little things like that, that, that men can do. And another thing is just taking your wife for granted, uh, the things that she do, does, uh, just the fact that a, a wife is so intricate in raising our children and all that that takes to both, you know, the concepts from the conception to caring children, to, to nursing them, to, uh, rearing them up. And, and all that that takes to do that, it, it's a lot of work. And your children are looking at you. Um, you may not realize it. You may think that your children's too young, your child's too young to notice, or they're not paying attention. But your, your daughters, your sons, they will take notice and they take stock and inventory of how you're treating their mother. And so that goes a long way as you get older with those relationships with your daughters and your sons. And so there, there, that can cause a, um, a chasm, that can cause a, a rift in your relationships with your children as, you, as, you, as you're rearing up your children. So you have to be very careful you're treating your wife. Um, and, and that also even goes for the wives on how they treat their husbands, the, the uh, 
that can cause the same type of um, reaction and, and rifts with your relationship as the mother to your daughter or your son. And then one other thing I wanted to point out here with the husbands, you know, um, that it says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Are you a man that um, you feel that you you do the right things before God, but then you're, you're trying to find where God is not answering your prayers? Um, you know, the, the, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much is what uh, you know, Scripture says, but uh, that, that key word is righteous. We're clothed in the righteousness of God. Uh, but if we are not treating our wives, Christ treats the body with that reverence and that respect. We're being disrespectful uh, or abusive any, in any way. Then how can we expect God, our father, to honor our prayers and answer our prayers? Because, again, that goes back to the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And here scripture says, treat her as you should. So your prayers will not be hindered. And so these are some points I wanted to go over today. I, I don't want this to go much longer. This is, again, this is brand new um, territory for me as I'm um trying to uh, navigate this this new uh, live broadcasting. I'm so used to doing a pre-recording and then publishing that on the platform. So if you got to join me today in this live broadcast, I'm so excited. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, from wherever you're listening to uh, in the world. And uh, I just want to end this uh, podcast uh First of all, with an invitation for those that, that would need Jesus, say, say you, you, don't, you don't even know the Lord. You don't even know Jesus. And you're like, I can't even get on that level what you're talking about, Studi, because I need, to, uh, I need to get my life right. I'm lost. Or, or say that, you know, you have walked with the Lord before, but you lost your, uh, your way. And now you're, you know... You're going your own way, and it's not working out for you. Say you're in a marriage, and you're right in the middle of getting ready to get a divorce, and you've tried everything. Well, Jesus is the answer. And so um, just say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you came and died on a cross, that you were crucified on that cross for sins, and for my redemption, and that you rose again on the third day, defeating hell in the grave, and that you came to give me abundant life. Right now, I invite you in to be my Savior. I declare you, Lord Jesus, my Savior, and I want to make you Lord of my life to lead and guide me in all the paths of righteousness. In Jesus' name, I pray. And if you said that simple prayer, then, uh, you know, again, today is your, your birthday, you know, happy birthday. And then now I'd want to pray for those, um, uh, for those that, that are married. If you're married, if you're having any kind of turbulence in your marriage, if you, um, if you're, you know, maybe things are going good, but you, you think the marriage could be better. I want to pray for you. Uh, if you're on the brink of divorce or you're actually right in the middle of divorce, just remember 
with God, all things are possible. Uh, he can bring the dead back to life. He can bring your marriage back to life. Uh, it, it's about changing ourselves, not changing our spouses, but changing ourselves and allowing that the, the same power, the Holy Spirit that, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead to come in and change us and work on that marriage to resurrect it. So right now, Lord, I just lift up uh, the listeners here, any of them that are married, those that may be having turbulence in their marriage, those that are, um, uh, maybe there's one spouse that's saved and the other one's not, and and the, the saved spouse is just about to give up. Father God, I just pray that you would give them a hope, give them a strength, give them, uh, renew their strength like the eagle. And um, and bring restoration, bring that other spouse to to the saving knowledge of your grace, Lord, uh, so that there can be a unity and and and, and you would be the, at the center of that marriage uh, for those that are again that they're having issues with their marriage that maybe they're going through divorce. Uh, Father God, I just rebuke the I rebuke that spirit that would cause a divisiveness that. That, you know, that division, I know Jesus, you said that a house divided can't stand, Father. So I pray for a spirit of unity. I pray for a spirit of healing. Father God, I pray that you would send your spirit of peace, Lord Jesus. You said, blessed are the peacemakers, Father God. I pray that you would bring people into this marriage, Father God. And Lord, I, right now, I, I feel led that there's some of these marriages, one, some of the reasons that there are there's turbulence and trials in the marriage is because of those uh, people that are being surrounded, that you, the husband or the wife, you have friends or family that you're that you are hanging out with. And uh, that is causing strain on that marriage. Um, you, you need to value your marriage even more than that relationship with the friend or family. And that marriage comes first. And right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd give guidance in that and showing the, the, this wife or this husband and how to, to pursue and go, go forward to uh, get those distractions out of their life. Because we know that the enemy is a distractor and he wants to divide and conquer, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Lord Jesus, you came to give us life more abundantly, life within us and life within our marriages. And I pray for that abundant life over these people right now listening and over these marriages in Jesus' precious name. And guys, that uh, that comes to conclusion. Hey, we uh, we finished our first live broadcast with the truth with Studi. Praise you, Jesus. And thank you again for joining me. Uh, we will be broadcasting live each week on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, we will be showing more promotions. There's going to be, um, you know, more resources that's going to be available as those come available. I will be sharing those. Please, um, you know, check out the other podcast that's uh, that's on Podbean. There, I've got all the messages uploaded with the Truth of Studi. Uh, go check them out. Uh, there's some amazing stories in there. There's some amazing um, uh, just messages that the Lord just downloaded that just blew me away when I heard them uh, myself. So, 
That's what the truth of Studi is. Hey, listen, next Tuesday, you, you definitely want to tune in. I have a special guest, Vern Marks uh, from here in Bethany, Oklahoma. Vern Marks is an amazing man of God, powerful man of God. And we're going to be diving deeper into uh, kind of a, a, an, another chapter of this message I did a few weeks ago about June and Pride Month and the LGBTQ community and what that culture is. And so if you know anybody that is, um, they, they identify in the LGBT community, or you have folks that are, they're curious, you have uh, Christ followers that are, that they're not sure how to deal with this situation or how to minister, uh, please invite them to tune in. We're going to get into some heavy uh, subject matter there as Vern has a lot of experience in this this area with the ministry he's done over the years. So please tune into that. And until then, that's right, you know it. You have been served the truth. Nothing but the truth and the whole truth with Studi. You all have a blessed, blessed night and blessed week. And may this message find you well. In Jesus' name, amen.